Tisong Methodology. How can anyone, whether they want to work in a language school or privately from their own laptop anywhere in the world, create a rewarding and impactful career teaching English as a second language, even if they are just starting out or have no teaching experience or ability? Hi, my name is Lynette Kim, and here on the TESOL Talk podcast, I aim to answer that very question. is based on a number of factors, things taken into account such as the student's age, the language distance, so um, like German is very close to English, basically it's our sister language, whereas uh, Korean or Japanese is far from English, so a larger language distance. Cognitive development, so the development of the learner and how second language is learnt, and also learner needs, specific learners um, have different needs, whether they're children learners, adults for specific purposes and these types of things. So out of that need for um, understanding and taking these things into account, TESOL methodology was basically born. Now, under TESOL methodology, this is like an overarching umbrella. We have things like approaches, methods and techniques. And this is the basics of TESOL methodology that's taught around the world. So approaches are the way or underlining theory as to how language is best learned and so best taught. Approaches in ESL methodology are based on language acquisition, so those processes in the brain that are involved. Um, And so this is how we go about approaching to teach students who have these language distance barriers as well as um, they also have the uh, underlying processes of second language acquisition. First of all, we start with an approach which is called the communicative approach. Now, this approach was designed specifically for ESL or for TESOL teaching because it is totally focused on communication and it does have a heavy focus on the listening and speaking skills because that's where true communication is coming in and that's the goal of all ESL learners is to be able to hear and understand and to be able to speak back. So activities for this approach involve foremost lots of communication, lots of listening, lots of speaking, lots of discussion and the theory behind this approach is that we want to use English as it is used in daily life that reflect real life situations and contexts. So the activities, again, we would be using things like discussions, question and answer, um, biography exchanges, debates, all these types of thing, role play, they could all fit under this approach. And because in ESL teaching, the goal is 80% student talk time and 20% teacher talk time, you can see how the community approach is really seriously important. Now, another approach that you'll see a lot in ESL course books, so if you read the forward in a course book, it generally tells you the approaches that were put into place uh, within the designing of that particular book. Uh, task 
based approach is another one that's very popular. And this is focusing on having students complete specific tasks or projects related again to everyday life, chores and situations. And so this is again trying to bring in that real life context for ESL learners because that's their goal. Now, the objective in the lesson is to complete tasks and these tasks can be either done individually, but hopefully not too much because we want to keep things communicative, or they can be done incorporated into pair and group work for maximum communication. Activities would include things like specific types of projects, following instructions, filling out forms, writing for specific purposes, can be even arts and crafts or completing processes and um, things like this. Now, Another approach that is uh, incorporated a lot is the natural approach. Now, the natural approach is much more relaxed and it's much more informal. And so you wouldn't want to be doing this approach all the time or too much. But here, students are encouraged to speak in English and usually not corrected. And so this is the thought behind not inhibiting their speech, giving them MMT, that is making mistake time, which is important, but just not all the time. So this encourages students to communicate as much as possible. Um, their errors are not corrected, which again, you know, with pronunciation, it is important to be correcting your lower level students. Um, if this approach was the only approach used in teaching, it would lead to fossilized errors where students were constantly learning a bad pronunciation and using it all the time or uh, wrong speech. Activities for this approach could be anything from games, discussion, uh, little projects, arts, crafts, this type of thing. Now, the next approach that is in ESL um, is the grammar translation approach. And even ESL course books for teaching in uh, Western countries uh, have a grammar focus in them. It's not the major focus, but it's definitely there. So the grammar translation approach is used where prescriptive grammar is included in the learning. So this is learning the grammar rules as they are, and there is form, there's terminology, grammatical correctness. So you're literally directly teaching a grammar point. Like it could be a verb tense, um, it could be adjectives, it could be pronouns, it could be prepositions, um, and then you, you're teaching them within a context or a theme for that unit. Tasks would include things like worksheets, grammar games are very important, instructions, quizzes, all these things match up can be used. Another approach for ESL is the lexical approach. And in the lexical approach, the focus is vocab. So or lexical, lexis. So you've got groups of vocabulary, chunks or chunks of words, expressions, phrases, collocations, synonyms, all these things. And it is important because um, as we've spoken before, students 
per level need to learn a specific or at least an amount of vocabulary so that they're constantly building up that vocabulary base and working towards the higher next level. So tasks here could include anything that teaches vocab from worksheets, games, memorizing and low levels flashcards or children. Now there are other approaches like the learner-based approach focused around learner needs and goals. Certainly if you are teaching something like business English, medical English, technical English, something like this, um, or for language testing, then the learner-based is important. And last but not least is the eclectic approach. Now, in all honesty, all of the approaches get intermingled within any context of teaching TESOL methodology. And that's what makes the eclectic approach, I believe, the most widely used because it's not one particular approach to language teaching. It incorporates two or more approaches. And if you look at any ESL course book and pick it up, there are tasks, there is vocabulary, there is learner needs incorporated. Uh, certainly, there is uh, grammar and communication and tasks. So I've just mentioned like five approaches. So the eclectic approach, it's a mixture of what the students need. And this is probably the one that really is being used the most, although books might say, oh, you know, we lean towards the task-based approach or whatever. Um, and a grammar book would say certainly the grammar translation approach. But the focus should always be communication, so the communicative approaches should always be there, but the eclectic approach is used if you've got tasks, if you've got a little bit of grammar, if you're teaching vocab. So just keeping that in mind. Now, under um, the approach comes the lesson method. So it's the approach, the method, and the technique. So we're moving on to this method now. The method is simply the group of activities that are used to teach the lesson. So we've got the overarching approach. We're going to keep communicative, but we're going to add in vocabulary. So there's lexical and we're going to use tasks. So it's task-based. So it's eclectic. The approach for my lesson is eclectic. The methods I'm going to use are those activities I just mentioned. Other words for, or synonyms, let's be technical here, for a method are things like um, activity, exercises, techniques. So any of those things can be used to describe a method. And so in my lesson, as I said, I'm going to have a game, I'm going to have a couple of worksheets, I'm going to have a grammar exercise and um, what else am I going to do? Let me see. Um, I'm going to do discussion. So I've just picked out those four techniques there. So those four techniques make up my lesson method. That's the vehicle or the method is those four activities or tasks or techniques. And they all fall under the eclectic approach because it's a mixed bag. And so this brings us on to the third arm of lesson, uh, TESOL methodology, which is lesson techniques. So again, I reiterate, the technique is simply the tasks, activities, techniques, or exercises, whatever word you want to use, they're all synonyms for the same thing, that I'm going to put together because you can't just repeat the same thing that's going to make up the lesson method 
that will all come under that overarching TESOL methodology approach. So lots of examples of techniques for speaking, techniques you can use for different levels are question and answer, describing, discussion, dialogues, biography exchanges, questionnaires, interviews, um, skits, little plays, debates, singing. But remember, be careful with singing. We don't want to just have, unless it's kids, you don't want singing without a good reason. Listening tasks that will fit into these techniques can be, and this isn't an exhaustive list by any means, but listening for specific information, gap fill, quotes, sequences of events, intonation, F, emphasis, context clues, hidden meanings, inferences, very nice when you're getting up into the advanced level, reading techniques, reading for general understanding, for specific information, skimming, scanning, those are the popular two. Uh, reading for context clues, parallel expressions, synonyms, antonyms, match up, all these things. Reading for instructions, they all come under reading techniques. And writing, not to be left out, writing lists for low levels, doing mind plans. These are really important. Um, putting together sections of an email for various pur purposes, the tone of the writing, taking an account, notes, recording, little parts of essays that you put together using forms, descriptions, directions, and quizzes. So, these are all techniques that come under the four um, language skills of listening, speaking, reading, writing, I'm picking out one from each. I'm picking out a speaking technique. I'm going to have a dialogue. I'm picking out a listening technique. I'm going to have a gap fill where they're going to listen and fill in the gaps, a reading technique where they're going to look and read for specific information or specific words, and writing, I'm going to have them just write um, a list. Now, the, those four techniques under the four language skills are the techniques in the lesson. Those four techniques make up the lesson method and the approach for this lesson method, because it had chats and discussion, it had communication, it had tasks in it um, and other things, it comes under the eclectic approach. But my goal is still to have maximum communication. So I'm going to use pair and group work for each task to try and achieve that as best as I can. 80% student talk time, 20% teacher talk time. So that's how we put together an understanding of what TESOL methodology is. Now, as I said at the outset, there are other um, approaches and I'm not covering them all because there's just too many. There's the genre approach. There's um, other types of, there's a lexic, uh, no, sorry, I mentioned that one. There are other approaches too, but you can get lost in these and you, there's no need to because the goal is still communication first. So if you have any questions about TESOL methodology, feel free to email to info at tesolau.com and ask us questions. We're only too happy to help you with information, but this is definitely how you are to view TESOL methodology in the ESL classroom.